Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Ratchet Book Club, Hood Classics, Good Classics, Derek. Chapter 8, Tia. Major was still gone and not answering the phone. This was the shit that irked me about him. He had just gotten back from Oaktown and he still couldn't sit his ass at home. It was okay though. It gave me some space to think on what my next move should be. Guess who had been texting me all weekend since the Friday before? Yes, Bricks' his ass. Because of his persistence... Wait, they didn't say, per you know what? I'm going to just take it back to how I used to do it. Because I listened to some of my old books on my way down to L.A. this uh, past weekend. And I realized that what I used to do, I didn't correct these motherfuckers. I just read it the way that it was in the book and fucked these niggas up. So, no more corrections. Yes, Bricks his ass. Because of his persistence, I broke down and started texting him. I had to admit, Bricks kept my mind off Major the whole weekend. In fact, I started looking forward to receiving texts from him. Well, in my phone, I looked forward to receiving texts from Cookie, because that was the name that I had the one number of his saved under. I used Cookie because she and I rarely have private message exchanges. It was a name associated with someone Major was aware of, and not raise any suspicions if he happened to see her name. Bricks insisted on helping me out with my situation, but he sensed my hesitance. He proposed to me that I could work the money off by helping with some of his properties in between any hair appointments I had. I felt better accepting his help this way, but I knew he wasn't going to play fair. He never did. Me. I'll think about it. Cookie, do that, because this way you don't have to feel like I'm just giving it to you. Also, send me your Zell info so I can send you a little something. My heart warmed and I smiled. Me. I can't take any money from you yet. I said, let me think about it. Cookie. Just send it to me. It's for baby girl and son son. Get this out the special. Before I could send the information, I heard Major inserting his key into the front door. I continued to nonchalantly sip on my tea while sitting on the couch when he walked in. Damn, you waited up for a nigga, he stated as he ambled his way to the kitchen, haphazardly tossing his keys on the kitchen table. I glanced at the time on my phone. It was damn near midnight. Where you been? I told you I went to go see my mama. Some of our people were over there and we got the bullshit in the hell. Time got away from me, he explained. I could hear him rummaging through things. He appeared in the space that separated the dining area from the living room with a look of bewilderment. Where my food? What you doing on my plate? Oh, I innocently said. I never made it. But you're more than welcome to make one yourself. Just make sure you put the food back in the refrigerator the way I have it in there. 
He sucked his teeth with aggravation, mumbled under his breath, and turned back to the kitchen. He returned with a bottled Mountain Dew, cutting his eyes at me. I thought we were cool. We are, I replied with a smile. So why are you tripping all over again? What's up with you and the white girl? That was all I needed answers to at the moment. Why you keep asking me about that bitch? Because for some reason, I trailed my words as I started tapping around on my phone. When I got to what I was looking for, I turned the phone to him. She thinks you're her man now. She tags you on everything. Playing dumb, he stepped closer, squinting his eyes. Let me see that. I watched him inspecting what displayed on my phone. Yep, I had kept tabs on Kelly's page, waiting for her to show me a sign. I knew it was coming, and it did. She had tagged him in a picture of a little mixed girl whose birthday it must have been over the weekend. The caption referenced herself and Major's auntie and uncle Major, loving the little girl so much and wishing her the best and many more. Extending my hand from my phone, I said, what's up with that? He handed me my phone and grimaced. That don't sound like her fucking man. That's her brother's baby. I'm cool with them. But she referenced y'all together, like y'all a couple. He dismissed me. Man, you're reading too much into that shit. You must think I'm stupid, I spat. Stupid about what? You the one looking for shit, so you do look stupid. I shook my head with a wry chuckle. Boy, I swear. Then if it ain't nothing, unfriend and blocker. Matter of fact, hop in her inbox and cuss her ass out for tagging you and tell the bitch to leave you alone. I ain't fitting to do all that just for your insecure ass, he said and headed down the hall toward the bedroom. Heated, I remained on the couch. I called out, well, fine, I'll inbox her myself. Do what the fuck you need to do, he called back out. A part of me didn't want to communicate with another woman about my man. May as well paint my face like a clown. Shit, I didn't want to come off looking ridiculous and not secure in my relationship. But I wasn't secure. I realized I was also scared to face the truth. In the past, I had caught Major in so many lies that damaged a piece of me each time. And after him begging and promising he would do better, I always wanted to believe him and give him the benefit of the doubt. Major walked back into the living room, still fully dressed. Did you inbox her? I decided to lie and nodded. I'm waiting on her response. With his face still frowned up, he walked over and sat down on the adjacent love seat. His body language gave out defensiveness already, so I knew he was about to spit some bullshit. Alright, he said aggressively, since you don't want to let this shit go, and I see it's always going to be a problem, that white bitch ain't shit to me, but she come up off that bread because she want to be with me. She want to be you, and she knows she can't be, so yeah, I charge her ass. It's what I do, and you know this. Charge her? I echoed in disbelief. I hadn't heard him speak of this act since his days in jail. Charging females, or having sponsors as he put it, was his way of having all his needs met while he was doing his time. I never knocked him for it, but I didn't agree with it either. However, I found it hard to believe women were just out there handing over money like that, and he wasn't in a relationship with them. Yeah, I'd charge her dumbass. For what, though? Make it make sense. When you charge a person, you're providing a service, Major. So what are you giving her? Nothing, he answered absolutely. I twisted my lips up dubiously. You want me to really believe that? I don't fuck, suck, kiss, none of that. Them bitches just want to be in my presence. They like what a nigga represent just to say they've been with Major, he explained. That don't make no sense. I bet if you ask her, 
she won't be able to tell you that we fucked? I asked, so is she who you were with this weekend? He shook his head emphatically. Nah, I was with my son, Tia. I don't be studying no bitches when it's my time with my son. But I did stop by her daddy house because it was my nigga's daughter's birthday. That's why she made that post. I was hearing these words, but somehow they weren't sinking in properly. Seeing the expression on my face, he went on to explain with a more sincere tone. Look, bae, I know you ain't got a lot of money. You gotta take care of Taj and Rain. And then we in this fucked up situation with the apartment. By the way, I'ma need to give my daddy and them 300 for the deposit. But anyway, you know I'm a nigga that like nice things and shit. We ain't fitting to go without, but I can't be out there and taking no penitentiary chances again. I can't, bae. I'm not going to be out of you on Rain's life like that no more. And like I said, you ain't been hustling like that to take care of everything. You could, but I know you ain't been doing hair like that because of your mental health or whatever. A nigga got needs, Tia. Shit that you can't afford. Straight up, I got parole fees, court fees, that a nigga can get picked up if I don't pay the shit. I ain't got the money to cover all my shit like the car, my phone, insurance... And my uncle moving company is straight, but you know that shit's wearing on a nigga body. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on you. So if that white bitch stupid enough to throw a few dollars a nigga away, I'm going to take that shit. And all I got to do is give her ass a little conversation from time to time, and that's it. <clears throat> I didn't know that's how this worked. This is me, by the way. Didn't know how that works. So... If y'all white ladies out there like my voice and you want to send me a little something something to help me pay for my car note, my parole fees, my court dates, which I don't have, my uh, books, um, some food, um, shoes, basketball tournaments, uh, you could inbox me or even better, you could just Venmo me to cash at uh, Derek-Jones-2 and just put charging fee and um if you want to send it to uh buymeacoffee.com slash sscast it's not sssscast it's sscast feel free matter of fact all y'all can buy in because a nigga got needs and i needs y'all to donate money does that work do i need to be cuter hmm i gotta put some thought into this i need to start getting some money on the side i don't but you know whatever Instead of replying to him, I went to the camera app on my phone and examined myself in it. Confused, he asked, what you doing? Trying to see, I said as I turned from side to side while eyeing myself, if I got stupid as fuck written on my forehead or something. His eyes darkened as he frowned. I'm trying to be motherfucking serious and you got jokes. That's why I don't like talking to your ass. I swear, shit. I'm trying to keep it real with your ass and see if we can work through this shit. But I see you want to see a nigga fall and be struggling. Morally, I knew he wasn't right. I couldn't agree with that type of behavior. And it was ludicrous for him to believe that I should. But at the same time, I felt some type of way about him saying I didn't have the money to take care of him, the kids, and the household. It made me feel incompetent. Especially with getting myself into this apartment eviction situation. I felt like a failure to myself and to my kids. And in a way... Him too, but I was conflicted with that. I needed to step up my game. Not for him though, although he would benefit from it, so it's it's for him. I mean, I don't understand how that works. But I need to do this for me and my babies. And he was right when he mentioned my mental state. I hadn't been myself, less motivated, 
hadn't found joy in much lately. I need to give back to Shantia Moyer again. Uh-oh. Shantia Moyer, when she used the full name, that means something's about to happen. It's either going to be Ratchet or it's going to be Ratchet. Like, there's no way else to do it. I thought using your nickname was a Ratchet part, but maybe using your full name. Chapter 9. Bricks. I want Dino's, Poppy. I glanced back at my little man sitting all perky and happy in his car seat in the back of my SUV. He was grinning and showing off his little toddler teeth. Seeing his bright face always did something to me. That was my dude, even if we weren't blood. You want McDonald's? Wasn't always sure what he was saying with his struggle speech. Had to make sure the Donos he was talking about was the place for the golden arches. I feel that. And some of y'all, parents, guardians, whatever, y'all don't want to be admitting that y'all the only ones, y'all are literally the translators for your kids. Like, if you have a toddler, you are their translator for the next two years. So why the fuck you be leaving me alone with your kid? You know that when they say something, I got to look up at you and then you look back at me and tell me what they say. Because they be saying something like, I, I want to go tour. I want a tour. A tour. You want to go on a tour? Mommy said you're going to take me to the tour. He said the store. Oh, the store. You want to go to the store. Okay. All right. Whatever. Like, y'all need to be right there. Don't leave the room with me and that kid. Like, you need to take him with you so they can babble their shit to you. That ain't fair because I forget half the shit they be saying and it might be something important. What about you, Kinsley? I asked my five-year-old granddaughter who was in her car seat next to him. She nodded with a grin. She was always so quiet and shy, looking just like that black girl on Matilda. Glasses and all. That's the movie, not the book. There were no black girls in the book. As far as I know. Roa Dahl, I don't think he liked black folks too much, to be honest with you. I'm just saying. Lexus, sitting on the third row, screwed up her face with disgust. Ugh, don't nobody want no McDonald's. Ain't nobody ask you, I spat playfully. But Ken, Ken, and Mari, I'ma get y'all some. Charmaine, sitting in the passenger seat, interrupted me. Babe, do you think they need McDonald's twice in one day? Stop spoiling them and giving them everything they asked for. Staying focused on traffic as I drove, I asked. That's spoiling them? Yes, because you never tell them no. That came from Lexus. So spoiling them is getting them food they actually like. I mean, if they're in the car and they're on a trip, then obviously there's not a lot of choices. But spoiling them is taking them to McDonald's twice in one day. I felt like that was punishment. So that's spoiling them. I was being clueless on purpose. Yeah, I knew about setting boundaries and providing structure, but I just couldn't say no to my babies. Besides, wasn't that what grandparents were for? You make it hard for other people when they're in their care, Charmaine said. You're creating little monsters. They don't give me them kind of problems. And my babies ain't no fucking little monsters. Fuck you talking about. Lex and Charmaine both laughed. Charmaine said, of course, not because you never tell them no. Wait. Of course, not because you never tell them no. I don't think that not is supposed to be there. Of course, because you never tell them no. So when I tell them no, they have a fit. I tell them no all the time. When, Lexus said in an exaggerated manner. 
appear to her through a reflection of a rearview mirror. Nigga, you don't say nothing when I ain't telling your ass no. She snickered and looked out the window. That's what I thought, I chuckled. But I tell them no all the time. Poppy, Amari whined. Donos. No, Mari, Lexi said sternly. Amari told her, shut up. Whoa. Poppy, Donos. Charmaine tapped my thigh and mouthed the word no. To prove to both Lexus and Charmaine that I had this, I said, not right now, okay? We'll get McDonald's another time. Okay, Amari said with disappointment. That shit kind of broke my heart. I, also, ain't nobody going to say nothing about the fact that he told his mama to shut up. Like, y'all talking about little monsters and all that. I mean, that's not a little monster thing. I mean, kids are being kids. I mean, if, uh, my mindset is if y'all say something to an adult, you shouldn't be faced when a kid says it to you. But if that if that's how y'all get down, you know, that's cool. Is that okay with you, Kinsley? Yes, sir, her tiny voice said. I glanced over at Charmaine like I'd done something. Poppy, Amari's tiny voice seemed like it was about to crack. Donos? Charmaine covered her mouth to muffle her giggles, but Lexus burst into laughter. Amari was about to try and break me down with that teary-eyed act. It usually worked on me, but again, to prove a point, I was going to stand my ground. Not right now, okay? Okay. A few seconds passed before Amari's small voice said, Love you, Poppy. Aw, I love you too, little man. I was giving in. You want some chicken nuggets or... Lexus fell out in his seat. Wait, what? Um, if that's if that's Lexus's pronouns, okay, but we needed to establish that. So, okay. Lexus fell out in his seat. Oh, wow, he knows how to get to you, Bricks. Charmaine slapped my arm and shook her head adamantly. Through greeted teeth, she threatened playfully, you bet not give in. But did you hear him? He said he loves his poppy. Me, not y'all. You heard that, right? Lexus smacked his lips. I love you too, Bricks, especially when I want something. Speaking of, you know me and Mercedes' birthday coming up, right? So that wasn't the pronouns, because... Here her little gay ass go with another request. Lexus didn't have room to talk about anything I'd done for her nephew when I spoiled her and her sister's asses like crazy. Though I didn't necessarily agree with the direction Lexus went, like another girl, she was still my stepdaughter. It was her life to live, not mine. And I dared a motherfucker fuck with her because of it. I even had to check Mercedes for griping about her twin and her sexual orientation at times. Mercedes was just disappointed because instead of having a twin that reflected her same girly vibe, she had to deal with Lexus who looked like a whole ass nigga with shoulder length dreads shaved on the sides and back. Ain't nobody think about you right now, I dismissed playfully. Right now, I'ma give my baby some dinos. Laughing, Charmaine shook her head as she pulled her phone out of her purse. This was how I liked to spend most days if I wasn't working. It was a nice Saturday evening, and I enjoyed spending time with my family. Depending on which grown child of mine needed a babysitter, along with Amari, I always had a grandchild or two on hand. Most of the ones I was close to, which were the toddler age ones, loved staying the weekend with me because I had a hard time telling them no, so they already knew they were getting everything they asked for. I was a wuss when it came to the kids. I gotta pull up on Jade Street real quick, I informed Charmaine. She looked up from her phone in a look of wonder. That's the townhouses, right? Why you gotta stop over there? I gotta give these keys to Supreme and he over there helping Major move Tia in today. 
Her brow wrinkled in thought. Oh, that was this weekend? I totally forgot about that. This for the one that's supposed to have the little girl, right? My little girl. For Tia's sake, and honoring her request to keep everything on the hush-hush, I always had to act my part and lay it on thick. Yeah, the one that be braiding hair. Shouldn't have helped, they ask, because they don't fuck with us. Hell, Major barely come around unless his bitch ass needs something. Lex is throwing his two cents. Okay, y'all, look, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Like, what are the preferred pronouns? Like, I know you wrote the book, so you know what the preferred pronouns are. Are the preferred pronouns he and her? Like, are the preferred pronouns he, her, his, him? What are the pronouns here? Because you've done every gamut for Lexus. And I need you to be respectful of this. Even if you're writing the book, I need you to be respectful. Lexus threw in his two cents. That's major for you. Well, maybe this girl is private or something, Charmaine stated. Nope. Tia just didn't want to come around me. I accepted that and didn't press her these past couple years. I stepped back and let her be. Watched her from afar. But I still remained attracted to her and yearned to be in her presence. However, I respected her choice to go through this fuck shit with Major. I didn't like it, but it wasn't about me, and if I liked it. What? I didn't like it, but it wasn't about me, and if I liked it. I guess, okay, it wasn't about me and whether I liked it. I guess should be, okay. She had to realize she had fucked up on her on. But that was then. After seeing her at Deneen's, I was determined to be a constant in her and her kids' lives. I could see that she needed me, and I didn't want to see them suffering, period. It was why I made this townhouse happen for her. I had to do it through Major because I knew her bullheaded ass would fight me on it and not accept it. I said, well, she's going to have to unprivate herself now. She a tenant now. Plus, I'm going to need to spend some time with her little girl. I thought you said she wasn't Major, Charmaine said with confusion. They ain't confirmed it. But you know how it is. Poppy loved the kids, I joked. Yeah, we know, Charmaine dismissed playfully. Shit, I rarely see any of Major's kids, especially the one in Oaktown. I ask about them all the time and send shit to them through soup on special occasions, but... I said I was just going to bypass Major and maintain communication with my grandkids on my own. That's probably what you need to do anyway, Charmaine agreed. I'm sure Major doesn't have any co-parenting relationships with the mothers. Already know he don't. He want people to believe he'd do with that one in Oaktown, but Soup told me he'd really be going down there to get our product and to fuck around with a bunch of nothing-ass broads. Oh, really? She mused. I was a little thrown off by the inflection of her voice. Why you sound like that? Oh, it, it's just, I mean, why is he still fooling around with drugs? Ain't he on parole or something? Nigga, ain't you on parole? I shrugged. That's what I'll be trying to tell him, but he ain't trying to hear it. I would say Major got his ways from me, but he had a very stubborn, hot-headed mama too. Between me and her, it was no wonder you couldn't tell him shit. And back in my day, I was a lot worse than the things I pointed out about Major. He was hood and street knowledgeable, but he was nowhere near the savage I used to be in these streets. But life have a way of making your ass sit the fuck down and rethink some shit. After my last little bid in prison, I was done. I had to get my life together. It wasn't easy, especially adjusting to living off a warehouse salary when I had been used to selling tens of thousands a week. Then, a few years ago, my supervisor, 
God rest his soul, put me on game with this real estate and Airbnb business right before the housing market really started getting crazy. Now that was all I did, and life was lovely. I tried to get Major to work with me, but he would rather be employed by one of his uncles on his mama's side. That was how much he hated me. I cared, but at the same time I didn't. He was a grown-ass man, and he was the one who had to deal with his decisions. I wasn't going to stress over anything that disturbed my peace. Fuck that shit. Now, my other son, Supreme, he was slowly coming around. He still fucked around the dope game, but he told me he was going to quit as soon as he acquired a few more properties. I supported him because at least he was trying, and he had shown me he was reliable. I finally pulled up to my cluster of townhome rentals and immediately spotted the moving truck backed up to one of the units. I spotted Major amongst a few other niggas coming back and forth from the inside of the truck to inside the unit marked with C-19 on its door. Though I had no intention to stay long, I asked Charmaine and the kids if they wanted to get out or stay in the truck. She didn't feel like getting out, so I let the kids stay inside too. What up, Bricks? Razor, one of Supreme's friends, greeted when he saw me approaching. We dapped it up. What up, nigga? Where's Soup at? Razor gestured to the unit. He in there. Alright, I mumbled as I headed inside. I made some observations, trying to determine if Tia was the same person I remember her to be. I considered myself to be good at reading people in situations. You could tell a lot about a person by the way they decorated their home. The furnishings in the place so far weren't expensive, but they weren't shabby either. Nothing seemed overused, showing signs of wear and tear, so either she hadn't long ago gotten it... What? Either she hadn't long ago got his stuff, or she really prided herself in the care of her things. If it was the latter, then this townhouse is going to be perfect for her. We had given the exterior a complete facelift, giving them a uniform, updated aesthetic. All of the flooring, light fixtures, hardware, and appliances have been replaced inside. Walls freshly painted neutral grays are ecru. Just doing those simple things completely took the value up and made these townhomes a desired place to reside, especially since they were located in the heart of the city, which had become heavily gentrified. It also allowed me to be able to charge as much rent as I was charging. However, for Tia, she signed a lease to pay me a portion of that. After it was all said and done, I wasn't going to charge her anything, but I wanted that to be between me and her. I heard Supreme and Major fussing in the kitchen, and I walked in there. They were trying to put together a kitchen table. Y'all know what y'all doing? I asked. Major looked my way with a glare. Yeah. Supreme shook his head. Can't tell this nigga nothing. He want to skip steps and shit, leaving out screws, talking about it'll be all right. Nigga, your little girl might come in here one day and this shit get to wobbling and injure her. Then what? Major looked like he could rock his brother right there. But Supreme was right. Put it together the right way, I said. If Rain got hurt due to his negligence, that was his ass. I am, Major insisted. Nigga, I got this. Why are you over here anyway? We don't need no supervision. Supreme shot him a look. First of all, nigga, he came through for me. Second, you ain't got shit. Because if you did, you wouldn't need my help. Third, man, if you don't shut your ass up, Major chuckled. Just then, I heard a conflation of women's giggles coming from around the corner. But from where I was standing, I couldn't see them. But I knew one of them was her. Ooh, child, I ain't getting paid enough for all this, one of them said. Another of them said, you swear like it was so much. It was just a damn lamp. That lamp was heavy. I'm tired. Then another voice. 
Hey, dudes, I got y'all some chicken because I know y'all hungry and probably need a break. There was something about the silvery sweetness of that voice that did something to me. Razor said, hell yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, a nigga is kind of hungry, Supreme said, abandoning Major on the kitchen table as Razor came around into the kitchen with Popeye's bags. They walked over to the counter and started attacking the food. I couldn't hear the ladies as clear any longer because they could be heard going upstairs. Seconds later, the voice that I knew and also announced there was chicken hollered from upstairs, Major, come here! Major sucked his teeth in annoyance and blew a frustrated breath as he headed towards the living room. Damn, man. I wanted to see if my assumptions were right, but I chose to hang back with Razor and Supreme until I heard Major say, What's up, Charmaine? I walked into the living room to see that Charmaine, Amari, and Kinsley had stepped inside. I guess I was saying too long. My bad, I said apologetically. Here I come. Charmaine waved me off with a smile. You're fine. I just wanted to come and say, hey, that's all. I seriously doubted that was the only reason she wanted to come inside. She saw some women coming inside and had to make sure it wasn't nobody pushing up on me. She wasn't slick. Major had already gone upstairs at this point. Charmaine sashayed to the kitchen with the kids and was speaking to Supreme and Razor. From the sounds of it, Kinsley was pleasantly surprised and excited to see her daddy, Supreme, was here. Now Major was coming back downstairs with the ladies following behind. Who's all in my... Her voice trailed as I looked up just as she appeared from behind Major. She stared at me with big slanted green eyes and full glossy lips slightly agape. Play it off to you. I stared back at this wondrous being but refrained from showing any signs of captivation and amazement or even repugnance. Couldn't lie. I hated the tea was one of his supposed baby mamas. Like, I loathed the thought, and that shit made me sick. House, she absentmindedly completed. Her eyes were fixed on me as if Major wasn't there. Unlike my ability to mask my fascination, she was definitely displaying her stupefaction. I don't know if that's a word, but I guess, I don't know. I just know that um on Doug, back in the day when he was Quail Man, there was shit that used to leave him dazed and stupefied. That shit used to make me laugh. I used to like that shit. Her first friend with the platinum blonde close cut actually bumped into her because she stopped mid-stride. Damn, girl, platinum complained playfully. She looked up at me and did a double take but remained quiet. The third friend with the symmetrical bob, however, gawked at me. Major picked up on something taking place and from the glower on his face, he wasn't feeling it. He already hated that I had this kind of effect on women and was found just as, if not more, attractive as him. He was a true hater. But this wasn't about that. I believed he could sense there was something odd going on. How you ladies doing? I said, trying to break the awkwardness. Amused and mesmerized, Platinum stepped forward, extending her hand. Well, hey, Major's daddy. You remember me? And I just want to say, you sure don't look like you got a son Major's age. I laughed and took a guess. It's Shiva, right? Bob spoke up and corrected. Nah, I'm Shiva. How you doing, Bricks? Good. It's nice seeing y'all again. I looked at Tia's confused gaze. It's nice seeing you too, Tia. How you like this townhouse? I could tell she was uncomfortable. She responded, I love it. Just what I needed. Major really came through for me this time. I laughed inwardly because I loved the idea of bursting her bubble and putting Major on the spot. I said, yeah, he put his pride aside and came to me like a man for once. You know, all for you and the kids. Glad I could help, though. 
Tia's face contorted in the confusion. Her eyes slid from me to Major and back to me. Wait, this came from your daddy? He owns these? Major gave a nod while shooting daggers at me. Fuck that nigga. He wasn't even going to let her know they came through for them. Yes, that's the sentence. He wasn't even going to let her know that came through for them. I guess maybe that plan came through for them. I don't know. But he wasn't even going to let them know that came through for them. Shiva spoke up with a devious smirk. Well, hey, Mr. Landlord, what will it take for me to be your tenant too? I was going to reply until Charmaine walked up behind me and slithered an arm around my waist. You're trying to be a tenant too? Because I'm Miss Landlord, Charmaine, his wife. Shantae sneered in Charmaine's direction. Girl, ain't nobody. Before she could get her words out, both Shiva and Tia attacked her with playful slaps. Shantae, Tia chided in laughter. What was that? What you say? Charmaine challenged. Women could be so messy. I pulled Charmaine close and gave her a firm squeeze. It was my way of telling her to remain cool. It wasn't that serious. She already knew how women could be when it came to me. We went through it all the time. Major shook his head. Hey, man, y'all dumb as fuck. Tia, get your friends. Shantae was still saying things under her breath as Shiva tugged her towards the kitchen. Charmaine stared her down until the distance between them grew. Tia stood there shaking her head. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. My friends are stupid. But yeah, it's nice seeing you two again. And I had no idea I was renting from you. I would have had Major to reach out for me. What? Usually, in any other family meeting situation, I will pull the person in for a hug because we family and that's how we show love. But nah, I need to keep the attention to a minimum. Major's insecure ass was on high alert because he moved in closer to Tia and eyed me keenly, almost as if he was daring me to be disrespectful. I knew how to conduct myself as a man and wouldn't make any woman uncomfortable by blatantly eye-fucking her. I have more refinement than that. Only if he knew, me being disrespectful in the moment was the least of his worries. But I can say this, I totally understood Major's dark glare and his territorial stance. Tia was a damn stallion in human form. She was wearing black and white leggings with a black tank top. I'd never say wife beater. Like, that's the rule. It's such a stupid ass name. And we literally put it into the lexicon. Like, y'all literally call a shirt a wife beater. Come on, y'all. We're talking about breaking down these chains and these walls and these generational curses. And here we are thinking that that shirt's name is funny because it was worn by white men in the South. And we just suspected they beat their wives. But now that whole frame is gone and the shirt is just known as wife beaters. Her titties were sitting up full, revealing plenty of cleavage. And them damn leggings outlined the curve of her hips and thick thighs. And if you could see the ass from the front, it had to be a sight to behold from the back. If you could see it from the front, wait till you see it from the back, 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 back. I know where you got that from. You ain't slick. Good Lord. And there was something very seductive about the way her shoulder-length, tiny, blondish locks were messily tossed to one side. Charmaine smiled with excitement. So, does this mean we'll be seeing more of you and the grandbaby? Girl, you are so cute. Ain't she cute, babe? Why was she asking me? I didn't think Tia was cute. She was fine as fuck. And her friends weren't too bad either. 
Tia slightly blushed, but then she gave Charmaine a hard look with a hint of puzzlement. I think I seen you somewhere else, though. Charmaine laughed lightly. Ain't no telling. I'll be all over the place, but I remember we met briefly about a year ago. The time Charmaine was referring to was the time Tia and I discovered we had Major in common. It was at a family function that Major and Tia showed up at, but didn't stay long. Yeah, I know. Tia said she shook her thoughts off, but that ain't it. I guess it'll come to me one day. While trying to maintain my composure and play it cool, I focus on Tia. So, do you like this? You think it'll work out for now? Keeping her eyes averted, she nodded. Yeah, I love it. It's real nice. And it's so big and roomy. It's a lot better than where I came from. Isn't it? Charmaine interjected. She looked up at me lovingly, but I could detect the saltiness. She wasn't fooling me. I knew she was feeling a little insecure with having someone in front of me that could give her a run for her money in the looks department. And maybe she was picking up on the disconcertion as well. Bay done a good job on these. You're lucky that he came through for y'all. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Tia said, nodding in thought. I wonder what was going through her head. What questions she wanted to ask. How's she feeling about all this? Was she okay? What did any of this mean moving forward? Charmaine asked, so where's the little girl? What's her name again? Tia's eyes cut to me briefly. Um, her name is Rain. She's with her brother over at my granny's while we take care of this. She gestured around. Charmaine said, can't wait to see her. Hopefully we can get her like we'll be getting the rest of our grandbabies for the weekend. Amari loved having other kids over at the house. As if on cue, Amari teetered into the living room, immediately attaching himself to my leg. Major stuck out his fist for Amari to dap. What up, little nigga? Amari responded, What's up, nigga? Charmaine scolded. Mari, what I say about using words like that? You know better. Y'all gonna ruin him. That's my nigga. He'll be alright, Major remarked. He's cute, Tia smiled. Is this a grandbaby too? Yep, this is Amari, Charmaine beamed. Tia's eyes briefly met mine. Her green eyes were penetrating, making me uncomfortable, which was a rare occurrence. But that was a power she had over me. Come on, Mari, let's go grab Kinsley, Charmaine said before turning to leave. Well, we're going to let y'all keep at it, I said. It was nice seeing you again, Tia. Stop being a stranger. And you know you ain't got to go through his ass if you ever need anything. Call me anytime. Fuck, Major. But I was glad I could help out. She nodded her understanding. Major scoffed. Shouldn't be trying to fuck with my family like that. Tia cut her eyes at him. I have my reasons why I keep to myself. Major dismissed her. Sure. B, I be trying to tell her all the time to reach out to y'all and get to know y'all on her own. This nigga was lying. He knew damn well he didn't want that girl getting close to no other man. Because of circumstance, Tia readily reached out and if she did, it was through Supreme. Anyway, Tia dismissed herself and proceeded to walk towards the kitchen. Her eyes lingered on me, almost holding me in captivity. I had to force myself to turn away from her. Thankfully, Charmaine was tending to Kinsley and Amari to notice. What? It took everything in me to not turn around and admire her ass in front of Major. Shit, I had to get up out of there. Surprisingly, as I headed out the door, Major followed me. There was still some edge in his face, but he softened it up. Hey, I just want to say thanks again for coming through for a nigga. It ain't nothing, I said. You should have been came to me, though. If that's your lady, you can't be having her and her kids out their ass out.
Yeah, I know, but she had a nigga in the dark. But it's all good, and I'm gonna try and get my shit together for him. But hey, you think I can still work for you? I can't keep doing that moving shit. I laughed. You a young nigga, you got it. Man, come on, B. Well, I just closed on a shopping plaza out in the Paradox. We'll need a groundskeeper. Get to me later and we can discuss details. That seemed to perk him up as he dapped me up before going back inside the apartment. Alright, bet. I had made it to the truck when Charmaine and Amari walked out the townhouse with Supreme holding Kinsley following behind her. Without looking up from her phone, Lexus commented, Dang, about time y'all came back. I thought I was going to have to come in there. You could have and spoke at least, I told her. I didn't know why I even said that. Lexus was an introvert and speaking was not her thing unless she was close to a person. So you're respectful and mindful of that. But the pronoun things. Yeah. Supreme walked up to my driver's side and I let the window down. You forgot to give me the keys, Supreme reminded me. He glanced towards the back. What up, little boy? I assumed Lexus gestured something because I didn't hear a response. See? I dug in my pocket to fetch a set of keys. Once Tia appeared, I forgot why I even stopped by in the first place. I handed the keys over and asked, Is her and Major together together? He always at her house, but I don't know. You know Major be doing him all over Jewel City. Why though? I shook my head, just asking. Charmaine and Lexus started getting Amari and Kinsley together in their car seats in the back. Supreme lowered his voice. You know something on her? Who she used to fuck with? You must know some shit. I told Major to get that little girl tested. I chuckled. Nigga, yo ass stupid. Once Charmaine climbed in on the pasture side, Supreme dapped me up. Alright, daddy. I'ma come to the house later and holler at you. Bye, baby girl. I'ma see you later after daddy finishes, okay? Kinsley replied. Yes, sir. I pulled off from the townhouse feeling good about being able to provide Tia with a need. She just doesn't look like Major's type, Charmaine finally commented. Lexus remarked, Major ain't got a type. Nah, I take that back. He got a type. Stupid. But that's his business. Ain't that right, Charmaine? Right, because Lexus know about her and, uh, and Major getting down. Okay. Charmaine's face frowned up. Why are you asking me? Lex, stop trying to be funny all the damn time. Lexus laughed mockingly. You don't want to be saying I need to mind my business, right? Whatever, Charmaine mumbled. I wanted to know what this exchange was about, but between these two, it could be anything. Lexus had a love-hate relationship with Charmaine because she felt Charmaine resented her for being part of the alphabet people. Charmaine insisted that she didn't have those sentiments and that Lexus was just a disrespectful child. Lexus asked, who y'all talking about anyway? Major's baby mama? Yeah. Tia, I said. Was it one of them girls I saw going inside? Lexus wanted to know. I answered, yeah, the one with the... Shit, I was telling on myself. Charmaine quizzed playfully. The one with the what? I laughed it off. <laughs> Nothing. Nah, go ahead and say it, she pressed. I knew you was looking. She cute, I guess. Lexus laughed. I sense some hating. Mom, is that you hating up there? Charmaine suddenly got animated. Did you see how her friends were drooling over you, though? Bitches be so disrespectful nowadays. That bald-headed bitch was going to get these hands. I chuckled. It wasn't even that serious, girl. Pipe down. Was somebody flirting with bricks? 
Lexus asked in shock. In your face, Charmaine? Damn. Lexus's comments always tickled me. She loved taking digs at Charmaine any chance she got. Them bitches don't know who the fuck they playing with. I'll kick their ass about mine, Charmaine hissed. I think she actually meant that. I was used to women responding that way over me, but I hated being in love with a woman I couldn't have. I felt ineffectual. Okay, these words, like they're real words, but at the same time, it sounds like when somebody says irregardless. Oh my God, like they just keep on hitting me in my face. And I, I, I'm, in my mind, I'm playing a game called, is that a word? <laughs> it's not a game. It's a real thing. Is that a word? Like, I know ineffectual. Ineffective? Uh, irregardless of the situation. <laughs> oh my God. I felt ineffectual, and I couldn't have that. I liked being in control of every aspect of my life, even when it came to who I decided to love. I didn't have anything else to counter Charmaine's statements, because niggas could be disrespectful too. I had been guilty of the shit myself, like now. I felt bad for wanting to explore my son's girlfriend's body. Body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. But then again, I didn't feel bad about it. Shit, I had Tia first. And if I could have my way, I was going to have her again. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Leave a review on Stitcher. It takes like 13 seconds. Seriously. Leave a review on... I mean, it's the easiest review you can leave because all you're doing is pushing the number of stars. Five. That's the number. Uh, leave a review on Podchaser, copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts, and then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. Uh, you can also leave a donation at patreon.com slash singlesimulcast, or at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast, or on the uh, Good Pods app, uh, there's a tip drawer, you can leave a tip. On the Patreon, there's like 200 items of content on there already. Like, I may not have been on there recently, but I'm on there. Like, there's a gang of shit for you to pour through. Um, so check that out and enjoy it. It's at the $5 level. Like, I have a $1 level. That's just a thank you note. The $5 level will get you out of content because, honestly, $5 is how much it costs to pay for half of one of these books. <sighs> yeah, I think I said everything. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Yeah, I think that's about it. I'm going to holler at y'all later. Y'all be good. Peace. Outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast.